everyone, my name is Christian Valdez of And this is Juliano Caleri. And this is Tifosi Football Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. Got a wonderful uh, episode here for you. Want to talk about match day 14 in the Italian Serie A. And also talk about the upcoming matches for match day 15. Uh, which is set to take place right in the new year. Right in the fresh year of 2021 hopefully a better year yes hopefully a better year but before we get on to the better year let's finish off with what happened in match day 14 a lot of surprises well big some couple of surprises in my opinion um but let's get started there was a first surprise crotone beating parma two to one what happened here i you know what jules i don't know i have no idea um Crotone came out. Did Giovanni Stroppa is continuing with his offensive football, uh, which is surprising for a relegation team. I said in my preview, I thought that was going to be the downfall of Crotone in this game. And you know what? Giovanni Stroppa proved me wrong. Yeah. It worked. I, I, I'm at a loss for words here. I don't know how they pulled this off. Junior Messias. Again, two goals. Two this goals. guy's the man for the team. Outstanding game from uh, Junior Messias. Another outstanding performance from uh, Cordaz. In goal for Crotone, just Parma. I don't know. I don't know what to expect from Parma anymore. Yeah, Parma. They're unpredictable. This should have been a win for them. Poor loss. They dropped the ball hard on this one. They had the chances. Roberto Inglese getting his chance up front, not having a great game, and uh, Caramo still not. You know, still not doing it. Kuchka having a good game, but overall, this is Parma's problems. They don't score enough goals. And they lose games that they should win, yeah. like this Crotone game. Junior Messias, like we already mentioned, is going to be an interesting player. If he's going to stick around uh, next season with Crotone, he scored a beautiful chip goal against Luigi Seppe. This kid's really impressing me. No, he's uh, definitely impressing. Crotone doing what they need to do. And with this win, they're, they're out from the bottom. They're not the bottom of the table anymore. They're, they're now 19th place. Who's in the bottom now? Torino. Torino, last place in Serie A. Yeah. My goodness. So now Crotone, they are nine points. They are two points away from safety. And But you know what? At the end of the day, I got to give Crotone credit because this was what I call a relegation six-pointer. You got Parma is only sitting two points above the drop, and now Crotone is three points behind them. Yeah. So that was a it was a crucial win for Crotone, and I have to give them the credit that they deserve. They're doing what they need to to kind of stay to, to try and stay alive and maybe play another season in the city. Yeah, but uh, it's the season it's still still too early to tell. But they're still now starting to make strides, and uh, looks like Strupp is going to keep his job for a little bit longer. Yeah, Liverani he has to get this uh, forward situation sorted out. They did out chance. Uh Crotone, I think it's fair to say they should have probably won this game. They should have, but poor uh, finishing and good goalkeeping by Crotone, I think, sums up this game. So that sums up uh, Crotone versus Parma. Let's move on to a, another shocker. What uh, happened? I think Tuesday was just was, was just a, a game of shockers. Fiorentina. This had to be in the history of UVA one of the worst days ever for them. Yeah, because they didn't just lose three points here. Yeah, they uh, they also lost their appeal. They also lost their appeal to uh, to to Coney. So Coney did uh, say that uh, Juve does not get those three points with that for that game against Napoli. So six points lost in one day. Yeah, and uh, they got to replay that game, and Napoli does, no longer gets docked that one point, gets a chance to replay. And you know what? I I agree with that decision. We're in the middle of a pandemic here, so if the health uh, department is telling if the health board is telling you you cannot travel to Turin because you're in a lockdown you can't travel I don't care what the rules are that's what a pandemic is but that's enough about that let's get right into the game Fiorentina just came out what firing. a way to start what a way to start. they just came out firing two and a half minutes in who Vlahovic. scores that goal? Vlahovic. Three it's not games. a penalty. And it's not a penalty. So, it's, hey, that's three goals in three games yeah. for Vlahovic, right? He, uh, on this goal, he gets it between Bonucci and Delict. Bonucci has his head up in the clouds. Delict is doing all the work, running back. Yep. Vlahovic takes the ball to the to his left, to the right of Chesney. He does a beautiful chip right over Chesney into the net. 
Cordado gets a red sh- shortly after. Yeah. Just not a good game from no. Juve. Well, we expected from- them to destroy Fiorentina. This is a team who hasn't scored a goal in open play yeah. in over five games. They yeah. picked up one point so far with Prandelli. Yeah. They've been struggling, almost near relegation. Oh, they were team. coming up a red hot Juve, and yeah. they win three nothing. Yeah, the got it right. He got it right. The three five two worked. The team played well. Frank Ribéry still showing he's got it. But the one person I want to give credit for that played a great game against his old team. We thought he was done. He had one more game left in him. Martin Casares <laughs> scores the third goal. He did. And uh, you know what? Prendelli changed his position. Yeah, he did. He plays right. He played in the right mid. Yeah, right, right mid, right wing back. He's no longer a center back, so less yeah. responsibility, I'd say, on him yeah. in, the, in the spine of the team. And it worked good for him. No, it, it did work. And I mean, yes, there was a bit of a gap there because they were playing a man down. But Martin Casares, for most of the game, had the better of Ronaldo. Oh yeah, Ronaldo couldn't keep up with Casares, which shocked me. Yeah, Ronaldo. He had a solid game, couldn't score, but uh, yeah, yeah. The, we've been saying this. Ronaldo, it seems he doesn't score unless it's a penalty these days. Yep, Penaldo diminish Ronaldo, but yeah, Penaldo, Penaldo, Penaldo. Bartolome Dragowski playing so- solid in in goal for Fiorentina. I think they needed that as well. But do you think this is a one-off for Fiorentina, or like this is a this was a combination? This was a com- combination of Fiorentina coming out to play this game and Juve. Totally botching it. I that, that, I think it's a common. It was a perfect storm. This should be a huge momentum shift for Fiorentina now. I think so. You've taken out arguably the juggernaut in Serie A. Yeah, defending champs. Yeah, defending champs. You've taken them. You you've taken them down. This you should be able to build from this. You you really should be able to build from this. Um, and it's what better way to go into a break? And, you know, they were hovering in 17th place just above the relegation drop. Now they've moved up with that win to 14th. in the. So they're in the lower mid-table, but they've padded it up a little bit. And they are now four points up, four points below from the drop. Juve and now sits sixth. Juve now sixth. A lovely sixth place. They might, hey, if you, you know, if you just hope, you might just get into the Europa Conference League Juventus fans. So... <laughs> um, what did you do? You blame Pirlo for this loss? I mean, it's the same lineup he's been putting out there. It's the same lineup. What do you, you're you're down one nothing. Quadrado gets a res. You got to play with a short man. You got to play a man down. Realistically, all all kidding aside, you know, if I'm looking at this, Juventus with the players they have in this squad should have been able to come back and at least salvage and even a man down, even a man, even down. a man down, even win this game against a Fiorentina team that's clearly struggling. But they they, they totally blew it, and uh, it, it, it's more of it's more of a Juve messed this up than uh, than uh, Fiorentina yeah. like outclassing them. And I don't really blame Pirlo for this loss. Yet I blame exactly the concentration of Cuadrado. Him losing and Bonucci and Delict. Bonucci, I'm disappointed on yeah. in that first goal. I've always said this is my rule. You get a goal against you in the first five minutes, it's because your your head's not in the game. That's right. You're on vacation mode, and it showed. Maybe Bonucci had his mind on Christmas already, the holiday. Must because be. it wasn't in the game. They no. went into this game too confident, and they, they got did. spanked. They did big time, big time. But uh, we'll we'll move on from this. Let's move on. So let's move on to a happy game for Giuliano. Yeah, happy. Uh, Not so happy for Handanovic. Makes another mistake. It doesn't matter. Enter at the end of the day, win this game. They go. They go into Hell's Verona and they uh, they they take three points. They are one of the most informed teams in all of Europe right now. Yeah. Jokes aside, you know what? Conte did something a little different in this game. He matched uh, Juric's lineup man for man. Essentially, Juric plays a three-four. Uh, two one, Conte stepped away from his standard formation. He brought in a three four two one as well. Yeah, usually he likes to play a two man strike force. He played a three man attack with Perisic, the uh, third forward in the lineup with Lukaku and Martinez. Martinez playing a little bit deeper, and it was an interesting inter. They played really well. The midfield was great. Brozovic, Barella, just the two of them running it. Yeah, but that third midfielder not in there. It looked really good. Hakimi, great again. This game exactly went as I went, as I thought, sorry, screener. It was all about the DeMarco, Zakani side. Sk- 
Skinner shut them right down. He did. He was excellent. Divrai too. Skinner coming up with a big goal after the Handanovic mistake. What can I say? This is the performances that are going to win in Tursudato. No, it is. They look like the hardest team to beat in Syria right now. Yeah. Along with Milan. Yeah. Two Milan clubs. Both Milan clubs back at the top. And seeing this flexibility and tactics with Conte was very interesting. It's yeah. showing he now has a plan C. So yeah. Capello, it's not enough to question if there's a plan B. He has a plan C, Conte. And I like this. This is what that little bit of pressure that Conte received after that Champions League exit was good. Because yeah. it's showing, show your worth and don't crumble. And he's showing his worth and I like it. No, absolutely. Um, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. Inter totally outclassed Verona here, and they they deserve to win this game. This is the kind of Inter that will win a Scudetto. They just got to keep it consistent. They got to keep it consistent. They still leaking goals here, but I still I still think Kandanovic, if his performances don't pick up, that's going to be the difference in the Scudetto. Milan. Juve, the difference is they have solid goalkeeping to always rely on. Yeah. Inter, right now, their main weakness is their goalkeeping. Yeah. Hands down. And, you know, hand down, which, like we've said, credit him for everything he's done in his Serie A career. But right now, he's not having a good season. No, definitely not. So, with that win, Inter solidifying number two. And uh, Hellas Verona is further dropping down the table, uh, back into mid-table obscurity. What did you think about Hakimi's performance? I think I thought he was. Uh, I thought he played solid game. Best right back in the league. You think? Uh, he's up there. Look at this. Look at this. Hendanovic. Yeah. Drops that's, it. That's not good. No. That's, that's terrible. That that's just absolutely terrible. And uh, he knows it. You can he see knows it. He knows it. You could see the expression on his face. Like, you know, Skinner can't do nothing about that. It's no. just bobbling at his feet. No. It's, uh, I don't know, that's got to get cut out of the game because if you're going to let in goals like that every game, yeah. it's demoralizing. It really is, and it could cost you points, right? Yeah. So, But at the end of the day... Still undefeated. Still undefeated. In, uh, what is this now, six, seven games? Seven games, I think. Yeah. So. so, All right, let's move into the next game here. Napoli and Torino, another surprise. Napoli, you'd think they'd bounce back against Torino, especially at home. And they they put they put up a draw against the worst team in the league. What are your thoughts the on la, this? Yeah, the last place City had team in the league. This the Napoli team is showing they have no resolve about them. Weak mentally. Listen, I've said the jury's out on Patania. I'm not convinced by him. He's not a good replacement for Aussie man up front. He does not score enough goals and he doesn't score when it matters. Insigne came up with a big goal again. So, good goal for him. Left it to the 91st minute. So, salvage is a point. To me, that's still a loss when you're fighting for the Scudetto. Yeah. But I'm just so... With this Napoli team, I don't get it. I don't get it. They play They play good games. They play great. Dominate possession. Dribbles are fantastic. They win a ton of balls in the air. They win tackles in the midfield. They get tons of shots, and somehow you cannot win. Yeah. It makes no sense. No, it doesn't. What do you think it is with these guys? This is a team that... I don't think there's any drive. It feels like there's no drive. It feels like it feels like they've checked out. But they've been checked out for a few seasons now, it seems. No, but like at the start of the season, we were talking about possible Scudetto contender because there wasn't really a weakness in this team. And they're showing a whole bunch of weaknesses now. But all mentally, not on paper, I would say. Yeah, all mentally. And, and that to me means that they've checked out. They're not listening to Gattuso anymore. And it's a shame because Gattuso is a great coach. Got tactically can really set them up to succeed. And it just I don't think they're buying into his into his system anymore. And uh, it, this is paying the price. Like if you're De Laurentiis, you just gave Gattuso a raise. So what are you going to do now? Like do you, do you go and do you buy a couple of ex- more players in the January transfer market? Like I don't know. I don't know what to, what what's gonna do. The, the Scudetto's over for Napoli now. Yeah, they're done. Scudetto's now they're fighting for fourth. Yeah, now they're fighting for fourth. So they're fighting for fourth with the Roma team. Now and they're not gonna spend the money in January. No, they're not. They never do. No, they they're not. And I know a lot of it's got to do with image rights and all that. And at the end of the day, Petania is not a. You're right, Julia. I know Petania is not the answer. Do they go? Do they get desperate and do they make a call into the stands and do they bring Adik Milik out? 
Probably not. No, no. They're they're gonna sell him. I know they're gonna sell him, but he, I think they they were they would have been better off with our Eric in the squad. They would have. Uh, all kidding aside, Malik's a more talented player. Yeah, he is. Uh, on on the other side with Torino, Toto gets uh, his call back at night. It looked like he played benched, okay. Getting benched for two games worked out worked. for him. So yeah, good call by Gianpaolo. He looks good there. Uh, Armando Izzo. Uh, picked up a, picked up the goal. Yeah. Uh, Armando Izzo is a guy that I think should get a look on the national team. He should. He offers a lot. He coming off the bench. I don't think the guy should, should be a starter. No, he shouldn't be a starter. I don't like seeing players who are on the twentieth place team on the national team. That's my problem, especially if you're in the defense because this team's been leaking goals. He did score a Roberto Carlos s goal where the volley off the ground over the goalie. If anyone remembers that goal from Roberto Carlos. Jules, if you're the only guy playing on this team out of the 11, what do you want from him? I know, but still, something's wrong, right? And he's part of that problem. Belotti, I was happy with, actually. Giampaolo ended up sitting the team in a midfield block, and they did exactly kind of what I thought he should do. Feed Belotti the ball in the midfield and let him run at the defenders, and it worked. He wreaked havoc on the Napoli defense uh, Maximovic, Manolas couldn't deal with him. Especially Maximovic. That's another weakness, maybe, in Napoli, the depth. There's no depth. Once Kulabali or Manolas are gone, who comes in? Maximovic, it's not the same quality. Yeah. But uh, to bring her back to Torino, Singo, Rincon, I already mentioned Belotti, Itzo, Sirigu, the best players on the day for this Torino team. If these guys continue to play like this, they got a good chance. If I'm Giampaolo, though, actually, I'm a bit disappointed because... Conceding in the 91st minute yeah. is a bit frustrating. For that sure it is. Three points. For sure it is. But I think we've been saying this now for a few weeks. It looks like it's going in the right direction for Torino. It's just a matter of getting that win, and I think that's that will what spark it is. them. Yeah. They're getting draws on games they should be winning, like, and they're just conceding at the end of the last minute, like unlucky. They're just totally unlucky. Let's that if they if they pick up that win, they pick up those three points. That'll mean that'll say a lot, and that will that I think will get this jump start this Torino team. Yeah, but you like you said, they're going in the right direction. With that, let's move on to the next game, a shootout between Roma and Cagliari. Roma getting the three points, very important, making life harder than it had to. Yeah, they made life harder than it had to. But as I said, as I said, the last time we covered uh, City A, we covered Roma. Is do I think Roma have a chance at finishing in the top four? Still, absolutely. As long as they keep winning and beating the teams below them, Cagliari is a team below them. You have to beat them. They didn't make it pretty, but they did it. Okay. They did it. They had some great, some good performances. Jordan Vertu showing his resilience in the midfield, picking up a goal, doing well. We saw a, a better, much better performance from Eden Zeko, in my opinion, in this game. Uh, just ended up shining a little good. Gianluca Mancini picking up a great goal as well. Um, I think to me those are, those were the only things that stood out to this Roma team. I mean, Pedro played okay. Uh, Bruno Perez played on the left side. I guess they gave Spinazzola a break. I don't know how I felt about Bruno Perez playing on the left side instead of Spinazzola. Clearly, it shows there's a lack of depth there. Um, Karsdor picking up an assist, um, but then VR. VR was okay at best. I think the guy in the midfield that really controlled the play was Jordan Vertu. Uh, Pedro played all right. Uh, Mkhitaryan, not his best game. And then defense-wise, I mean, Cristante, like they all, all three of them got yellow cards. <laughs> so yeah. it was the yellow card express <laughs> headed by Gianluca Mancini. Uh, Gianluca Mancini, Brian Cristante, Marash Kambula. Kambula obviously coming back from uh, coming back from injury, he's gonna need some time to really gel with this Roma team. So I'm not too worried about it. Uh, but on the Cagliari side, I don't think anybody other than Joao Pedro played a good game for this Cagliari team. Mm-hmm. Joao Pedro basically kept them alive. The most prolific Brazilian this uh, year, 2020. I think he scored the most goals out of any Brazilian. Yeah, crazy, crazy and stuff by Joao. Guy will never get a look on the Brazilian national team. No. Which is crazy. Which just, is, just to bring it back to Roma. Yeah. We mentioned the tactics. How how was Paolo going to approach this game? Cristante, do you play him in the midfield? Do you drop in the center back to 
spray the passes around. That's what he ended up doing. He ended up dropping him into the three-man defense. I like that. Uh, Cristante was able to dictate the pace of the game from the back. He got on the ball the most out of any player in the game. Him and Mancini, and they did a great ball. I mean, great, uh, great job on the ball. So, interesting tactic choice. Virtu also did really well. Him and uh, Cristante linked up quite a bit. And uh, Roma, they look good when they have this set up. It's just, like we said, the question marks come against the big teams. Yeah. Uh, concentration levels, are they always there? They concede the game is done. <clears throat> but it shows a lot that they don't concentrate for the full game. Yeah. And they concede a, a weak penalty at the end. Those are the little things in their game that has to get fixed. Yeah. Overall, time. great from from yeah. everybody. The, get the jo- they got the job done at the end of it. Yeah. That's that's what matters, and that's the story with this Roma team. Go get the job done. Beat the teams below you. Try, put up a fight and try to take over the teams on top. But yeah, it's a look at it. We're just watching the highlights here. That's a weak penalty. That's just like there's no no concentration. No concentration there. What are you thinking? Terrible. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, good, that, win. good win. Good win for Roma. Got the job done. Let's move on. Another surprise. I thought this was going to be one-way traffic, and it wasn't. Benevento putting two past Udinese. This was not expected at all. Udinese destroyed Benevento on the play. Yeah. In the run of the play. They should have easily, I think, had two goals. Benevento had no lasagna. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Again, lasagna. You have... A good game, and then you're terrible. You miss open nets, like the big one in the first six minutes. Benevento shouldn't have scored two goals. Musso has been terrible this season. But Udine, it's again, it's a question of, we know the defense is there, even though they conceded two. It's it's a matter of, is Musso going to show up, and are your goal scorers going to score? Yeah. And neither showed up today. Yeah. Like, terrible goal by Musso that he concedes in the eighth minute. Terrible. Yeah. You know, Caprari. That was on Musso. Yeah, he shoots. Caprari's shooting from like 25, 30 yards out. And Musso should be saving that. He should be saving that shot. But it goes in. Okay, from that range, no one's screening him. He has all the day daylight in the world. And his reactions are just slow. Yeah. So that's why Dunezi lost this game. Yeah, I agree. Um, the one, the, a couple of shoutouts here. The one I really want to highlight, I did talk about him uh, earlier this season. Uh, Kevin Bonafazzi, he did play solid till he came off uh, for Udinese back there. You, they made, Udinese made two mistakes. Uh, obviously, Kevin Lasagna was a was a disaster up top. But uh, shout out to Kevin Bonafazzi, solid game for Udinese back there. Um, same with uh, Samir. Samir played really well back there. DePaul played okay, uh, but on the other side, Montipo, solid game for Benevento. Played really well. Uh, Letizia or Leitzia. Letizia. Oh, it's Letizia. Sorry, sorry. Letizia. Letizia. Uh, probably for Look me, better lasagna. match. Look at lasagna. I know. It's playing like a lasagna. It's terrible. Like, you, yeah, if you see the highlights, all you can see, it, it, it's just one-way traffic. <laughs> but Kevin Lasagna can Honestly, Kevin Lasagna has had three or four chances in this game. Yeah. If he capitalized on half of them, they would have at least got a drop. They would have won. Lasagna yeah. lost in this game. Yeah, I think so. I think so. More so than Musso. Musso played a huge part, but Lasagna, yeah. terrible. And this goal, too. Terrible. Like Musso, Stan, you know, he gets beat. It's like a 15-degree angle. He walked in. It's like a 15-degree angle, Letizia. I understand it's a hard rocket of a shot, but Musso, come on. You're big, man. Use yeah. your size. Cover the angles. Yeah. It's just he's scared. He gets. He, it's like he ducks out of the way. Yeah. The shot, what, it, what kind of goalkeeping is this? Absolutely. My goodness. Absolutely. That well, bothers me. Bad goalkeeping bothers me. That's terrible. It's an amazing finish. That's terrible. That is terrible. But look at him. Look at his body positioning. He's almost down. down. He's almost down. Why? He's got to stay on his feet for that. Look at look at how he bends the knee. He sold. Yeah, he sold it already. It's like he's inviting you to go up high on the shot. Just go for it. But whatever. Terrible. But that being said, congratulations to Benevento. Let's move on. Let's talk about the big game. Let's talk about a Giuliano. AC Milan, Lazio. They're like, Milan right now is like a, a horror movie flick, like a zombie flick. These guys, you can pummel them with bullets, smash them over them with bats, stab them with stakes. They still come back. They're crawling, no legs, 
And they, exactly, they come back from the dead and they win. Everybody writes them off and... It's crazy. Listen, Milan fans, it looks like you guys are... You got, Hey, I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to say it right now. I'm sorry for all the stuff I've said to the Milan fans. You guys are... You, if four, we're 14 games through. You guys are winter champions. You guys are showing me that you're the real deal. This um, game proved it especially. Yeah, this game, you know, down and out. You had no midfield, no Zlatan. You still got the job done against this Lazio team. So congratulations. It's going to take... Uh, what is it going to take to beat this Milan team? I don't know. Like Rebic, you don't associate with heading goals. He wins on corner, yeah. a corner goal. Yeah. Uh, Lazio conceded, I think, all their goals off of set pieces, if I'm not mistaken, which is poor from them because yeah. they got a pretty big team. Yeah. The tactics of, uh, of Pioli were good. It still happened the way I thought it would. Instead, no Brahim Diaz. It was uh, Rebic on the left, Kalinoglu. Rebic was kind of taken out of the game a little bit which allowed Kolonoglu yeah. tons of space he dictated everything this guy has probably been the best number 10 in the league this guy is bringing the number 10 position back a penalty scores two assists gets tons of shots just playing great again uh, Kolonoglu again this I guy I still don't know if I agree out. with that penalty though I'm pretty sure it hit Patrick in the face yeah the penalty to bring it back to that that was a terrible penalty call yeah. Uh, it hit him right in the face. You can see it in the replays. It did. I don't know what the refs were thinking on that. Penalty. Like, and you have VAR, and that does put the game Look, up at two 0 It hit him right in the face. The refs again. Oh. Yeah, it does hit him in the. Does face. it hit him in the arms? Hits him in the face. The refs are atrocious again, and they do another makeup penalty in this game because Lazio's penalty too is BS. Yeah. Uh, the refereeing is a joke. Which, it's a joke. The penalty that Lazio got. Yeah. Which? Which one? It was garbage. Oh, which was garbage. But the ref tried to balance it out. Poor officiating again. Yeah. Uh, and you know what the you know what the sad part is, Giuliano? If I might if I may just jump in here. Go, go, go. We're, the worst we're seeing the worst refereeing in arguably the biggest games. You're seeing it in Milan Lazio. You're seeing it in Roma Milan. You're seeing it. You're seeing it in the, when the big teams are playing each other, when the big dogs are playing each other. Why? When the world's watching, too. Yeah, when the world's watching. And what are they, what do people think when they see that? It's a joke. It, it is. Because uh, the officiating, for the most part, has been good. But like you said, in the big games, it's true. I don't know why. The, the refs feel the pressure. I don't, I don't know, know what it is. It's either incompetence or... Uh, <laughs> you don't want to say it's being done on purpose, but I just think it's pure incompetence. Yeah. Like, this was not a penalty either for... Uh, and they looked at it through VAR. Yeah. But what you see, you, yeah. see, the, you see the initial stop. <laughs> you terrible. see the initial stop. And this is... Let's see it again. I want to see this again. Yeah. And this is terrible. Terrible penalty. It is a terrible penalty. And the fact that they went to VAR for it, it's just... Here it is. What's that penalty for? Nothing. What There's happened? There's nothing. What did Kalulu do? Because he... There's Kalulu did nothing. Because he clipped the back of his head. There's nothing that Kalulu did. Like, guys, and, is this not a contact sport? Yeah. What and this is, this? this is where you feel bad for Donnarumma at the same time. He makes the stop off Chido, but the following. Yeah, that that's one thing with the rules, too, I don't like. Yeah. Is, we've uh, talked about that. We've talked about it. Penalty shots, for me, have to be its own play. Yeah. You get the shot, after the shot, whistle's blown. You resume with a goal kick or from this kick. Yeah. You shouldn't get rebounds, nothing. Like, Donnarumma, that should be a world-class save. Yeah. And now it goes down as a, a goal right a after goal. the penalty. It's yeah. terrible. You're not doing the goalies any favors. Here. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Disappointing on Lazio's part, though. They just they just didn't have it this game. Didn't yeah. have it. Credit to Milan, who did have it. Yeah, Milan just exploited them on set pieces. Yeah. Which we wouldn't think Milan... I didn't think Milan would score on set pieces this much, and uh, they did it. Yeah. They did it. They beat Lazio. Lazio does not concede set pieces. No. Not too many, I don't believe. No, no. And they conceded three, penalty and two uh, corners. Yeah. Well. Big win for Milan. Big win for Milan. They get the Panettone, winter champions. Yeah. Panettone. Doesn't look like anyone's going to beat them anytime soon. No. It doesn't look that way at all. That being said, though, let's move on to the next game. Sassuolo, Sampdoria. Sassuolo not making it easy 
it was a flurry for like five minutes in from from the 55th to the 60th minute because you had Cuadrado score the 55th, then cup to to go. Uh, Sorry, to go 1-1. Then Caputo, 2-1 in the 56th. Then Barardi, 3-1 in the 58th. But look, look who's back. You said his name. Caputo. And look how different. And what a what? Yeah. Goal and an assist. Goal and an assist. And they looked... They looked like... It's Sassuolo day and night. looked like Sassuolo. You it's know? day and night. Sassuolo looked like a team we thought uh, could shock people and make the top four. Caput- and- what Caputo does is underrated. He... Takes so much pressure off the young guys like Boga, Traore, and Barardi takes pressure off him too because the defense focuses on Caputo because of his good movement. Yeah. He he doesn't mind playing right on the defenders, so you always got to keep an eye on him because he's tricky, yeah. and it gives so much space to the young Traore, Berardi, Boga. It gives them so much space to operate, and yeah. these guys need space yeah. to dribble into and shoot because that's the type of players. Absolutely, they are. but like you said, like you've said first. Look at they considered a goal a minute and a half in. Not Cambodia. focused again. Not Tonelli. Focused. Tonelli again at fault for not being focused. Not focused. And that totally deflated them. Tonelli getting uh, nutmegged by Baya Caputo <laughs> for the goal. Yeah. Tonelli I'm just not convinced of as a defender. Uh, That's why Napoli gave up on him. And he's the reason why Sampdoria has dropped a few points this season already. Yeah. But these conceding goals in the first minutes of the game, it's terrible. Yeah. But I can't state enough back to Sassuolo how important Caputo is. Yeah. He has, he is a veteran. He plays such an important role in this team. Yeah. And it he looks does. so different. He does. This this Sassuolo team, you don't want to play Sassuolo with Caputo in. That's the only thing. Right? No, you don't. They, with, without Caputo, they look so lost. They do. They're one-dimensional. It's, Leadership. It's Berardi. It, it, yeah. It's, it's go to Berardi, be. let him do something. Yeah. Which is impossible when you're Berardi versus 11 guys. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But on the other end, how about Fabio Quagliarella scoring again? Again. The old man still got it. He's going bald, everybody. But the man has <laughs> still got it. Just keeping on to that hair, too. It looks good. Yeah. I it mean, uh, I think that's seven goals for him now in City. Yeah. Something like that. He's Seven goals through four, through fourteen games, and he's 36, 37 years old. Listen, he's a great veteran, great city out player, one for the history books. Yep. That guy, uh, when when he retires, will appreciate his career even more. His career even more. Yeah. And uh, you know, if it wasn't for the Italian national players he was going up against, he would have. Oh, he would have been a superstar. Yeah, he would have been a, a a big superstar. Superstar. Absolute superstar. And on top of it, he had those problems probably in the prime of his career with the blackmailing stuff. Yeah, in Napoli. In Napoli, right? But uh, that's a story for another day. But great, great career, this guy. And he's doing it still. Don't stop, Quags. If you're scoring, don't stop, Quags. Never stop. If you're scoring, don't stop. Good theory. So, (laughs) Sassuolo. Sassuolo. Getting the three points done, uh, helping out their possible Europa League, Champions League hopes. They're still alive. Um, and uh, that being said, let's move on to Bologna and Atalanta. And I think I called this one. I don't think I called Atalanta. I, th- I thought something was. Yeah, happen. I don't know. Tomiyasu scoring a heck of a goal in this game. Yeah, he did. Holy. Another chip, beautiful chip goal. Yeah. Atalanta getting. Two goals in within two minutes. Yeah, they uh, one of them a pen. Yeah, they took their foot off the gas. Yeah, and that was it. Scolini had a horrendous game. Yeah, this is the problem with Atalanta. It's is the focus there again, um, which it clearly isn't. They thought they had this game won, and they paid the price. They did. They did. And uh, I don't know what to say. This, about Atalanta. I told you they're disappointing. I, I told you Atalanta to me, is going into mid-table obscurity. They're going back into the where they where they are prevalent, and that's the mid-table. Yeah. Unfortunately, it sucks. This is a team that only gets up for the big games now. Yeah, and that's a shame. Because yeah. only getting up for the big games does not get no. you into Champions League. Doesn't even get you into Europa League. You got to beat the, the teams below you. That's the, that's the job. And then go at it and hope for the best against the teams above you. Yeah, and I think uh, Gasparini is going to rip into them. Like, this was a full-strength yeah. Atalanta team with Illich in it, too. Yeah. Full-strength team. 
and uh, it's not excusable. You're no. going up against a uh, poor Bologna. Yeah, they have not been good. No, they haven't been, but they're they're getting it together. It looks like. But Palomino comes on, and boom, two goals against as soon as he comes on. Yeah, what does that tell you? There's a uh, gap there. There's a gap. And, there is. There's uh, a gap from bench to start a lineup. Yeah, and that it's just it's disappointing to see. But uh, this basically sums it up for me. But I think Gasparini can fix it over the winter break. Yeah, he, he should be able to fix it over the winter break with two weeks that they've had or 10 days, whatever it is that they've had. And uh, um, yeah, you just you just hope that they can they can fix it and get ready. Um, on a side note, it looks like Papu Gomez is on the way out. They're trying to convince him to stay and enters the enters lead in the way leading the way. I know what it's another piece. It's another good offensive piece. But you have a guy there that is an offensive piece that's that apparently doesn't fit the system. And Christian Eriksen. He's gone. Erickson's yeah, Eriksen's gone. long gone. I think he's going there saying he might go to PSG. Now that Pochettino's yeah, going there, right? got fired. Yeah. But yeah, I see they're different positions too. Papu, what this tells me is they're giving up on Alexis Sanchez. That's okay. what it reminds me of. This, but his position. Just, I know we're going off and on a little set. bit of a side side note here, but I'm going to ask you this question: If Papu Gomez is giving crap to Gasparini because Gasparini is saying you need to change something, oh. <laughs> what's he going to say to Conte? Exactly. When Conte tells him to play center back, <laughs> go on the bench, <laughs> yeah. and then where's Papu going to go after this? Exactly. He's going to be. If you think Gasparini's a bad guy for telling you to do something. You, Antonio Conte is going to tell you where to go and draw you a map of how to get there. <laughs> Let's just hope it was more than that. Because if it's not, like you yeah. said, then it's over. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to last. Absolutely. He's not going to last a week. Absolutely. So, Atalanta, going back into the mid-table, I think it's time for a little rebuild. Start from the ground up, bring in some fresh youth, develop them. There's some, there's some good pieces here. Um, but... So let's move on to the last game. I knew this was going to happen. Called it. Genoa beating La Spezia in a bit of a grinded out game. Ballardini comes his fourth stint at Genoa. I told you. But we know what's going to happen. He's going to start losing or he's no. going to save them and he's going to get fired. He's going to save him and get fired. 100% he's going to save him. He's going to save him this year. He's going to get fired next year. No, it's, it's it, hands down, 100%. But that's what he does. That's the kind of coach that he is. And we saw a response from Genoa. And uh, they, they did what they had to do in this game, to be honest, because... We said it in the last time we talked about Serie A that, you know, Genoa is in the relegation zone. Spets is right above them. You want to get out of the relegation zone? You got to beat these guys. A tie is not good enough. You need to beat these guys. And you know what? They did it. So, and credit to Matteo Destro. Scored. Scored again. Uh, uh, and he played Pandev again. He brought Pandev back into the team. Yeah. And which, you, which I never understood why he was dropped. Exactly. I think Pandev... The veteran presence that Pandev brings to this team, it's like its like what Caputo does with Sassuolo. Mm-hmm. Pandev takes pressure off the other players, right? Yeah. And it works. And we saw a huge response from Mr. Domenico Criscito, who even scored. And he wasn't even playing in his real position. They were playing three center backs, and Criscito was one of them. So, Ballardini, whatever it is you're doing, keep doing it because a team like Genoa, a nine-time Scudetto champion needs to stay in Serie A. They are they are they are Genoa's team. They're, or sorry, they are the team of La Liguria. They're not. Uh, Sampdoria is not the team of La Liguria. They're not. Sampdoria. Some Samp, Samp fans. But what Samp won? Samp won what? A Scudetto here and there with when Mancini was back there. They, I know they made the the final of the what Champions League one year. Was it the Champions League? UEFA Cup. UEFA Cup. Sorry, UEFA Cup. Uh, so. To me, the team of La Liguria is Genoa. They need to stay in Serie A, and they need to get their heads out of their culos, and they need to start investing in talent and rise up the table. Maybe one day. But look what Pandev brings right there. Yeah. You know, we're watching these highlights, and he brings, to yeah, he brings calmness in the final third. He does. He's he does. able to get the ball and run at a defender. Yeah. Bring it into the 18-yard box, where now you can't make a foul, or so you're going to give away a, yeah. a penalty. And he sets up Destro for yeah. a good finish. That's yeah. the difference. Before in presence. Yeah, big time. Before they were just launching the ball up to Scamacca, Destro for crosses, and it's yeah, 
Crosses are too obvious sometimes. You yeah. Can cross too much. It's yeah. not a good thing. Exactly. And, and you know, our good friend, great, our good friend Dave Simpson on the last podcast said, are you, does a guy have a right to play because of potential? And you got you get to keep playing him because of potential. No. If he's not doing the job, he sits on the bench to take out a veteran presence. And putting Skamaka on the bench and bringing in Pandev, was the right move. It paid and off. Look, and look, on the penalty too, Pandev made the pass to uh, Berami yeah. for the penalty. Another beautiful yeah. like 90-degree pass. Right at the net, 90 degrees to his right. Beautiful passes. Yeah. And it led to both goals. What presence. do you want? And this guy wasn't able to get in yeah. under Maran. It goes to show you, yeah. you know, sometimes... Yeah. On the other hand, on the other hand, you got to say, I mean, Spezia dominated possession. They had sixty-eight percent possession of the ball through the whole game. But their possession, they eight shots on goal. It wasn't dangerous. Their possession. They had the ball more. They had more opportunities. Yeah, but on target, Genoa got more on target. They made most of their shots. Yeah. Spezia, a lot of their passing was too safe. Never really got into the danger areas. Yeah. Um. You know, have all the possession in the world you want. If you're not going to get it in dangerous positions, it doesn't matter. Teams yeah. are going to be more than happy to give you the ball in this league, right? You're right. If you're, you're going to have the ball, you have to have cutting edge about you, which they've had for the most part, Italiano and his uh, Spezia team. Yeah. But I think this was the first opponent they faced and enter where they couldn't do nothing. Yeah. They couldn't do nothing. So good job by Davide on his return to Genoa for the fourth time. Yeah, short turnaround too. Lasts. He only had two days to prep for this game. Yeah. So with that, with all those results there, that being said, let's read you the top six. So Milan sitting in first place with 34 points. Inter sitting right, breathing right down their neck with 33 points in second place. Third place, ladies and gentlemen, Roma, 27 points. <laughs> the silent killer right there. <laughs> like a heart attack, silent yeah. killers. Fourth place, Sassuolo jumping into fourth place, 26 points. Napoli, fifth place, 25 points. Juventus, sixth place, 24 points. Got a game in hand, 10 points behind AC Milan. Not making it 10 in a row. That was a brutal... uh, You're not making it 10 in a row, Juve, sorry. Brutal match day 14 for them. Yeah, I think that cost them a good at the right there. That single-handedly might have Well, they still got to play Napoli, so... so But still, Jules, they win against Napoli. There's seven points out of... But it doesn't matter. I remember that season where... Yeah, I know. With I Allegri, know. we were 12, I think 13 games into the uh, league. I think Inter was leading at the time. And they had an over 10-point advantage on Juve. And Juve just went undefeated from like October this, onward. This whatever it was though. from November. It was insane. This is different, though. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Let's read you the the bottom here. So the bottom, Genoa in 18th place with 10 points. They're only one point away from safety as Spezia are hovering over 17th place. They are plummeting. Crotone jumping out from the bottom, 19th place with 9 points. Credit to them. And Torino, 20th place, 8 points at the winter break. Only, One win, five draws. The only good thing I'd say with Torino is now we're probably going to see Cagliari, Parma, and Spezia dropping into this relegation fight. Yeah, and uh, I think Torino, Torino's they good. should be able to swing it around because they they're playing better than those teams. They are playing better than those teams, and they just need to get that one win to get them going. I exactly. mean, you have Andrea Bellotti with nine goals, and Salvatore Sirigu is starting to find his way. So, hang on for the Torino fans. Exactly. Hang in there. Now. Let's move on to the return. Sunday, January the 3rd. All in one day. It's back, baby. We're back from the winter break. Let's get down to business and crown ourselves a champion here. <laughs> Let's start it off right. 12.30 to 12.30, well, 6.30 Eastern Standard Time. So it's 6.30 in the morning. Inter hosting Crotone at the Giuseppe Meazza. What do you think about this game, Giuliano? I think this is going to be a walk in the park for Inter. Yep. Whenever I say that, the opposite happens. But uh, they're not losing this game to Crotone. Nope. And I think it's going to be a straightforward one. I don't think Crotone has anything. I don't even think they're going to get a shot on that. Junior Messias, you shut them down, they got nothing. So, Inter all the way. One-way traffic. Forza Nera Zuri. Inter. 
will go in first place for a couple hours. Yeah. Um, Lukaku's due for a goal, too. Yep. He's absolutely. So It's been a while. No chance, Crotone. Sorry to all my Calabrese friends. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Fiorentina hosting Bologna at the Artemio Franchi. Fiorentina obviously coming off that big win. Bologna coming back and holding Atalanta to a draw. This is an interesting this game. Is a, this is because both teams are going to be have some momentum on them. Because Bologna, for them to come back with the team that they have, that was impressive. Yeah, it was impressive, but I don't know Bologna. They're so they're so poor defensively. Finitina's poor defensively, but they beat Juve. Yeah, it's so. This game's very unpredictable. It is. Frank Ribari, he's been playing outstanding the last couple of games. Now mm-hmm. he could be all the difference in the world. Really, Bologna's goals come down to one guy, Soriano, for goals for an assist. Yeah. Dusan Vlahovic has been the goal getter recently. He's been scoring all the goals for Fiorentina. He's kind of been on a little bit of a purple patch. Honestly, I, I don't think they're going to win this game, Fiorentina. I think this is going to be Bologna's game. I tend to agree with you. I think Fiorentina is going to drop right back to where they were. They got their one. Yeah. They got their one game on a high. They're going to fall back. They're going to regress. And Bologna is due for a win. I just think Soriano is going to go off this game and. And you're going to see Orsolini setting. Orsolini, we can see him set up. Uh, it gives time for Skorupski to heal as well. So we could see Skorupski come back. That doesn't really mean much, but it, it could mean something momentum-wise for them. And uh, I just think Bologna is going to win this game as well. So if you're a betting person, Juliana and I are both trying to take Bologna to beat Fiorentina in this game. Fiorentina, Juve was more so Juve lost. Yeah. That's Fiorentina what Fiorentina won. Now, very important game. This is going to be a game changer, in my opinion. Parma are hosting Torino. At the Ennio Tardini. Yes. And we just said Torino. They're starting to find. They're starting to turn around. They're starting to find. And this is the game you want right now. Exactly. Exactly. You got a Parma team that totally blew it against Crotone. Totally. Yeah, still still not playing with an with a proper identity. Yes, the four-man defense, since Kraus implemented, told Livrani to implement that, uh, has worked better in their favor. But this Parma team, I think they're just going to get picked apart. And uh, I just think uh, at the end of the day, I think this is going to be where Torino picks up that much desperate win and where they're going to start steamrolling. Yeah, Liverani, he's starting to guess himself. He's yeah. used six different formations. Yeah. His most go-to formation has been the 4-3-3. Yeah. He seems confused. He doesn't he, he, he does. doesn't know what to do with this group of players. He doesn't. It, it doesn't look like they're going to bring anybody in the winter break. And it looks like Gervinho is going to be on his way out. Probably. Yeah. I know Inter is one of the teams in the running for Gervinho. Inter? No, thank you. Um... <laughs> And that's your main goal score. That's the only thing that's getting you doing anything for no you. No one right? else is doing anything. So if Gervinho leaves, you're done. They're done. Serie B. They're done. They're done. Torino, on the other hand, Gianpaolo is kind of stuck with his four three two one. He's altered it a few times, mm-hmm. uh, but that has been his go to. He's done that and the three man defense thing. But I think you go four man back in this in this game. And I think they're going to get their second one of the season right here. Yeah, I agree I with you. So. I agree with you. Parma, it just seems Liverani's second-guessing himself on everything. Yeah. He doesn't know who his best players are. He doesn't know who to trust. And this could be his last game. Yeah, the, the only thing he has going for him right now is the Sepe, Osorio, and Bruno Alves. Those are the only guarantees. Everyone else, you don't know. Hernani, I'll throw in there, too, from the mid. Everyone else is... On or off, it's you might as well flip a coin. More so off than on, actually. But in that case, in that case, though, Julian and I are telling you to take Torino in this game. Take Torino. Let's move on to the next game. This is a tricky one. Atalanta hosting Sassuolo. This is going to be back-to-back losses again for Sir for Atalanta. <laughs> well, they drew. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. Well, I count it. I count that as a loss. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it was a drawn game. I don't know. I mean, uh, so Swallow's got their guy back. They got Chicho Caputo back. They're in the top four right now, sitting in fourth place. Atalanta, if they have any hope of making it into the top four, you got to gain traction on these guys now because you got to play catch up. And Sassuolo is a team ahead of you, and you have to beat them. You can't settle for a draw in this game. You have to beat them. You're at home, and you've had 10 days off. This, to me... Seems like it's a big game for Atalanta. 
And like you said, they rise to the big games. So in my opinion, I'm going to go away from the, I'm going to, I'm going to go against the grain and I'm going to say that Atalanta is going to win this game because they're going to be more hungry. I agree with you. I think, um, Sassuolo, as good as Caputo as we were just praising him, I think Chris Romero, if he's in this game, he has an enemy to shut him down. And it's more so going to come down, come down to Gossens versus Berardi mm-hmm. and uh, Hatabor versus uh, Jeremy Boga or yeah. Jared, whoever plays on that left side. That's what it's going to come down to. I think both are good enough. The midfield battle, Locatelli is probably the most outstanding talent out of both teams. Whether he will be able to dictate play, it'll be interesting to see. But is he going to be able to link up with his number 10? Because we know Martin Darun and Foyler, if he plays, they're both just shut down destroyers. Yeah. And I think that's where Atalanta will win the game because they're going to shut down the midfield. It's going to be hard for Sassuolo to link up play with the mid and the forwards. Uh, and we've seen when they give the ball to Berardi and they rely on Berardi to do everything, it doesn't work out. And I think uh, Giampiero knows that and that's going to be his game. Funnel the ball to one player, make sure he tries to do everything, and it, it's not going to work for Sassuolo. I just think Atalanta know how to approach these games, know the players to shut down, who to let, who to get the ball to. Yeah. I think Atalanta should win this game. Yeah, that's all right. what I think. So Berardi can't do it on his own, no, and I can't. feel like he's going to have to do it all on his own. Yeah. This game. It's amazing. We've uh, so far we've agreed on everything. So we're both tell you to take Atalanta to win. Usually, Juliano will now stray away from the green probably as we get in the next game. Roma are hosting Sampdoria <laughs> at the Stadio Olimpico. Claudio Ranieri going up against his uh, his club. He said, growing up, he grew up a Romanista. I uh, loved he he took the caretaker job when it, when we got rid of Di Francesco. Uh, all the credit in the world to Claudio Ranieri and what he's done. I just don't think he's going to get a result against Roma. We know the job. We know the role. We know what we have to do to get into the top four. We're sitting in third place right now. We're in the driver's seat. Sampdoria is a team below us. Sampdoria is a team you have to beat. Sampdoria is a team where you need to get those three points to stay where you are. Paulo Fonseca is going to come out. He's going to attack this game. He's going to attack this game. Mkhitaryan, I think you're going to see a strong bounce back from him from a mediocre game. I think you're going to see a well-rested Pedro as well. I think you're going to see a very well-rested and a very eager to impress Edin Zeko come out for this game. Jordan Vertu is going to play. Pellegrini should be back. Spinozola should be back. This has got all Roma over it for me. I think Roma wins this game comfortably and takes the three points. What do you think? Believe it or not, I agree. Wow! My theory behind it, why, is you look at the shapes of both teams. Sampdoria, we know pretty much they're going to set up in a 4-4-2. Yeah, they are. Roma is pretty much set on the 3-4-2-1. Now you look at the battles. You're going to have a 2-V-3 in the back. I give Roma's defense enough credit that they can stop Gaston Ramirez and Qualiarella if they play. I give it to them. Especially if Smaldini's there. They can shut down. They have the speed. Those are two. They're not the quickest players. They should be able to shut them down. In the midfield, Roma is actually, I think, going to have the advantage because Pedro and Mkhitaryan have the ability to drop deep and add that extra body in the mid. So I think they win the midfield battle too. And then you look going forward, Yoshida and Tanali have to deal with Jekko. And, this, and the deep runs of uh, Pedro and Mkhitaryan, yeah. which are lethal. And let alone Pellegrini if he sneaks back there. Exactly, if Pellegrini gets in. Um, and I don't think Yoshida and Tonelli have it about them to deal with those delayed deep runs from Mkhitaryan and Pedro. I think Jekyll's going to preoccupy them, give them all the space in the world, and you're going to see a, a goal from either one of those guys. And I think uh, Roma should win. All right, fantastic. Roma all the way for that game. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Genoa hosting Lazio. So now David Ballardini has got picked up a win right away. <laughs> He's now got some time to sort out what he wants to do with this Genoa team. Coming up against a Lazio team that disappointed against Milan. And again, just survive. That is their that is their uh that is their motto this year. What is your take on this game? So Ballardini, Ballardini, is he going to stick with the three-man defense? That's one question to be asked. Yeah, I think he does. I think he does. Now, Lazio plays the exact same formation. 
Now, logic says if you're going to go man for man with the superior team, you're probably going to lose. Yep. So if Ballardini is smart, he should look to change the formation because Immobile and Correa are too good against a three-man defense. Gileone, the uh, Swedish international, he uh, he's going to have his hands full against uh, Marasic and Correa. Chibora, again. You can't be dancing on the ball. He's going to have his hands full against Lazari and Patrick Milinkovic-Savic if you go man-to-man. So if I'm Ballardini, you got to somehow look to plug up your defense, protect the wings, maybe even play one striker. And if that means, I don't know, does that mean you drop Pandev? I don't know. We were just praising Pandev. I think you keep him on and you find guys to run deep from midfield. I think that's how you break down Lazio with the delayed runs. But ultimately, Genoa got to plug up these holes in the back. They do. If they don't, they're in trouble. Yeah. Because you can't go... For me, you can't go man-to-man with Lazio. No. In a 3-5-2, you can. You're going to get spanked. Lazio have been playing too good in a 3-5-2 for the past couple of seasons. You can't do it. Yeah. And what's the big thing that Lazio's... Why Lazio struggled is depth and the amount of games they've played in a short amount of time. Here, you have a Lazio team that is pissed off that they lost to Milan because they are pissed off. Because uh, they feel like they should have gotten something out of it. And they've been rested. Yep. I just think it's one-way traffic. And you're going to see Lazio steamroll Genoa this game. Yeah, I think so. I don't think Ballardini gets it right. I honestly don't think he's a great manager either. No. I think he gets it wrong this game. And uh, you're going to see a real Ballardini team here. The other game, that wasn't Ballardini. That was just, let me do a quick patch job. You know, you it can't, was you can't sit to it, right? It was an important game they had to win. Yeah, but you can't. That's all he's sending his team out on is motivation. He's yeah. not doing no tactics in two days, nothing. Yeah. So now we'll see the real Ballardini. Exactly. All right. So we're both trying to take Lazio in this game. Next up, Di Francesco's Cagliari hosts Gattuso's Napoli. Uh, this is going to be a toss up to me because you got Cagliari that's scoring goals coming up against a Napoli team that's struggled in the past couple of weeks. Really struggled. Like, really struggled, right? Haven't won a game in the last three. Yeah. So, what kind of Napoli team is going to show up? I think a Napoli that's going to be desperate to win. Uh, Caledi has been crap recently. Yeah. They've been very poor, relying on one man to get it done. Joao Pedro. Joao Pedro. This is another team where Di Francesco has felt the need to tinker all the time. Yeah. He's tried around six or seven different formations, which is insane. He's mostly gone with the 4-2-3-1 or a variation of it. On the other hand, Napoli, you know, they're going to come up 4-2-3-1. That's the problem. Eusebio de Francesco, he doesn't know what he wants to do. Yeah. He doesn't know. He's another guy second-guessing himself. He tried his system at the beginning. didn't work. Went back to the old Caliri way. It worked. Then he tried implementing his system and again got spanked. And then he tried reverting back to the old Caliri uh, uh, style again. And it's been inconsistent. And now he's lost. He doesn't know what to do. Yeah. So, and it's kind of shown in the recent string of performances. So I think Napoli, if you don't take advantage of this team, I think Atuzo will be on a short leash if he doesn't start winning games like this. I agree with you. So I think we're both trying to take Napoli in this game. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to second last game. Oh, sorry, third last game here. Spezia hosting Hellas Verona. Spezia on the decline now against the Hellas Verona team. It was a tough loss to Inter Milan. Um, They didn't play well. They were expected to lose that game. Now they're coming up against a team that realistically I think they should beat. So how do you see this game playing out? I think Verona win. I think Spezia. I think when you play good football and you lose, it's soul-crushing. For sure. Because it's like, we've shown you all our cards. This is this is the most we can do. Yeah. There's nothing else we can do. Yeah. Like, what else are we supposed to do? We're, we're playing possession. We're shooting. We can't win games. We can't score goals. I think it's soul crushing for them. And I think with Verona's solid defense, great goalkeeping, I think that uh, trend continues for Spezia. And they, they lose this game. Verona wins and keep uh, inching up the table. Hands down. Game. I agree with you. Both turning to house Verona win this game. Okay, now the second last game. Uh, Benevento hosting Milan at the Chiro Vigorito. This is going to be an interesting game because people, he's had a lot of upsets this uh this He season. has. When his teams have been underdogs in games and when they've been underperforming, somehow they win. Yeah. Every game they've underperformed in, in regards to shots, they've somehow managed to win. Uh, they've only been brutally beaten twice 
by Roma and Inter. Yep. Otherwise, they're giving everybody a run for the money. The record's 5-3-6, and six, 17 goals for, 23 against. They're in 10th place, so kind of best of the rest right now yep. under Verona. But two points behind Verona. Yeah. Okay. Put that into perspective. We thought Verona, how great they've been playing. This Benevento team's only two points behind. Yep. You have a former AC Milan player and coach who has a lot to prove to his old club. People. They yeah. sacked him. They gave him up. They gave him up. Milan are this team that doesn't die. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to lean towards a Benevento upset yeah. here. But I've been trying to call an upset on Milan for the last couple of games. But yeah. when they're out, they're another team. When they play like crap, they somehow manage Figure it out. Somehow. Like they didn't play good in the Lazio game. They didn't play great. They scored. It took them set pieces to win. But they find ways to win. And I think, can Milan's first loss really come to Benevento? I don't think so. Me neither. I don't think so. They, they should beat. They should have it in them. If they're beating everyone else, they should have it. They should them. beat Benevento. Yeah. I don't want to discredit Benevento. But realistically, Milan should beat you. This is, this, is, this, is the, this is the winter champion, right? So They should. Yeah. They should. So... Both on the same page here, telling you to take Milan to win this game. The last game of the of the of the uh, match day fifteen is a Juventus team coming off a three nothing loss, hosting Udinese at the Allianz Stadium. Now, what are you thinking? Uh, I think Pirlo's pissed off. <laughs> yeah. I think Pirlo's pissed off. I think Juve's pissed off. They just came off arguably the worst Juventus that we've seen in a long, 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 long time. Like, they were abysmal. Yeah. I don't think you see that happen twice. I think Udinese, defensively, they figured it out. But offensively, they struggle still a little bit. Yeah. Kevin Lasagna missing sitters, missing chances. Terrible. I think Juventus is going to totally make an example out of Udinese. I really do. I think Ronaldo's going to get a penalty. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, I, I just think, I just see one way traffic here, especially against a Juventus that is motivated to make a statement because they are motivated to make a statement now. Well, not to mention their next games against Milan, Juve. There you go. So their next games against Milan, they have only won one in their last three. In so Syria. knowing that they're playing each other three days later on the Wednesday, you better believe that Milan's gonna know we gotta smash Benevento, and Juve knows we gotta smash Udinese. Yeah, these are the character building games. That's right, especially for Milan. These are the character building games with such a young team. Yeah, it's if we win this game, we don't give Juve any ground to catch up. Yeah, right? and it well, gives them a little bit of a comfort heading into that Juve game because uh, that means Juve have to go at Milan, right? Yeah, and it doesn't put as much pressure on them. If Juve lose. Two points to this Udinese. So if they draw or or lose this game, this puts a ton of pressure on Juve. This game is huge for Juve. It is. And let's not forget, this is against... I know they conceded two in their last game, which they shouldn't have. They should have won. But this is against one of the most stubborn teams in Serie A. Yeah. And is Udine going to have... I don't think they've really had back-to-back bad games. No, they haven't. And this is a team that hasn't won since uh, December 12th. So it's been a while since Udinese's won. So they're hungry for one as well. Yeah. And they're more than capable of an upset. Oh, so you're saying... You think Udinese what I think is going to happen is I think Udinese is going to hold them and it's going to be Aleko that wins it for Juve. Okay. I'm going to pick Juve, but I th- I think Juve are really going to struggle Okay. in this game. Okay. I think. I think Udinese, they're not making the same mistakes they made Against ben, um, Benevento. Yeah. Benevento, I think Lasagna you're going to see taken off. Yeah, you'll see Lasagna. He's going to go back to... He's going to see what Fiorentina did. Yeah. You're going to play two speedy guys up top. De Lufeu and uh, Pusueto are going to come back into the team if, if he's healthy. And I think that's going to give De Ligt and Bonucci a ton of issues. And I think Gotti's smart enough and he's going to learn what Prandelli did. And take advantage of Juve's weaknesses, which is they play a high line, they're slow, and uh, they play a wide open system. Yeah. Very attacking, which can be exploited with the proper players. And I think, uh, I don't think that there's a possibility. I think Juve will still get the win, but those are the things to watch out for if you're okay. a Juve fan. Well, even though we, even though I think Juliano thinks it's going to be a late goal, and I think it's going to be a steamroll. We're both tired to take Juventus to win yeah. this game. We've 
basically agree with every single one. If if Juve don't win this game, yeah, City has over. For it's them. over. It's over. It's over. It's over. So that wraps up uh, match day previewing match day fifteen. It's gonna be exciting. Yeah, we'll be back uh, to recap match day fifteen and preview match day sixteen because now we're gonna get really into the thick of things. Now, now they're the gonna party be, begins. Now the party begins. They're, it's gonna be either two City A games a week or it's gonna be a City A and a Champions League Europa League game midweek. So we're getting into the nitty gritty of everything. It's gonna be exciting. We're so happy to be with you for this stretch. This is the stretch that gets exciting because we're gonna go from January. Until May, of talking about cha- or May May June, talking about Champions League, talking about Europa League, talking about Serie A, upcoming Euro, and then we're gonna move into the Euro where we're gonna have special podcasts there. Try and get some guests on from uh, yeah fans of other nations, fans of other nations. Stay tuned. This is the exciting stretch now. Twenty twenty one is gonna be an exciting year. For Tifosi Football Radio, um, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, we hope you enjoyed. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our podcast of 2020. We really hope you enjoyed our special with Dave Simpson. We really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was a great time. That was an amazing time, and we will get Dave yeah. back on again. And such a yeah, such a great guy. Lots yeah. of insight, seeing it from the professional side of Absolutely. things. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you guys haven't listened to that podcast yet, we know it's two hours long. Break it down and listen to it. It is amazing. It's worth it. It is amazing. And I'm not saying this just because of no, it's it our was, it's our show. You're not gonna amazing. get that insight, I don't yeah. believe, off of any podcast. He was he was off the cuff. Yep. Said it the way it was, didn't uh paint no rosy picture. No. You know, he was very honest yeah. about the assessment of Canadian soccer and yeah. where we, where he thought it was gonna go and it was a eye-opening for me for christian it was a it was incredible it's a it'll be a great listen uh if you haven't listened to it yet so please listen to it spread it tell people about it yeah and uh give it a like definitely appreciate all the help we've been getting so far yeah we appreciate all the love all the support all the questions and yeah we just want to keep this momentum going so yeah absolutely so like us i guess yeah like happy new year like us uh just a quick note uh follow us on on twitter at radio tifosi follow us on instagram at tifosi underscore football underscore radio follow us on facebook rate us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify whatever it is that you use and like i said don't be afraid to ask us questions we'd be more than happy to break uh break down our answers for you so thank you so much thank you thank you Go and ahead. if you got a pool, I haven't plugged this yet, but me and Christian own Riverside <laughs> Pool and Spa. I don't know why we haven't plugged it yet, but I'm plugging it right now. You got a pool, come to us. We'll we'll take care of your pool like none other. Absolutely. We promise you. So Riverside Pool and Spa, yeah. that's what allows us to do this podcast. So Exactly. So big shout out to that company for yeah. being the prime <laughs> sponsor uh, for Tifosi Football Radio. So if you're interested in Riverside Pool and Spa, look up riversidepoolandspa.ca. All of our information's there on our website. Follow us on Instagram as well. Follow us on Facebook. Um, but uh, can't thank you enough. 2020 has been an absolutely crazy year. Make the most of it. We yeah, we made the most of it. Now onward and upward to 2021. So, yes. ciao ragazzi and uh, buon anno, happy new year. Yes, buon anno, happy new year. Talk to you all very soon. Ciao.